This is The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. Our name is inspired by the life-changing conversation that Lydia had with Paul, recorded in Acts 16. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of women whose lives have also been impacted by the truth of the gospel. Your hosts, Tori Walker and Taryn Hayes, hope that you too will be challenged and inspired by how the gospel truths are being worked out in the lives of their guests, ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. Today, your host is Tori Walker. Well, Sam, welcome to the Lydia Project. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Or did I invite myself? I don't know. (laughs) So Sam invited me to be interviewed on her podcast. And as soon as she invited me, I thought, why don't I interview her as well? So Sam, I'm going to ask you some of the questions that I ask all my guests. And the Mm -hmm. first one is, how did you come to faith in Christ? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I grew up in a Christian home, and so God was always around and sort of was taught to me. Um, but having said that, I our family lived in Perth, so I'm originally from Western Australia, um, and our my parents attended a uh, Christian Reformed church. And so whilst the theology was pretty good there, um, I didn't actually know anything like the Holy Spirit, you know, part of the Trinity Um, and so it wasn't until our family moved away to a country town that we went to sort of more of a Pentecostal church and I was um, around more Pentecostal high schoolers I guess um, that I was like oh far out this is a different version of God that I hadn't seen not that I was ever in doubt of it but it was something definitely that I discovered a different side of him and then so I would say that I thought I gave myself to Christ um, over when I was about 15 but let's be honest probably when I moved over so when I was 18 I moved to Sydney to study drama and when you move away from your country town to a place where you have never been before um, you are a bit naughty and I liked to drink and I liked to party and uh, it wasn't until I woke up um, after a terrible hangover and I thought what am I doing I say that I follow Christ I say that I'm a Christian my mouth is filthy my yeses aren't my yeses my nose aren't my nose my answers are very colorful Um, I was student president at a Christian college too. A Christian drama college? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah in Sydney. And uh, and I also really liked alcohol. And um, not that that's a bad thing, but I didn't, it had more of a hold of me than mm. I wanted it to have. And so I remember saying to God, I will stop drinking and I will try and turn my life around, but I need your help. I really need your help because I clearly have issues and I can't do this on my own. And at that time, God brought into my life my husband, and um, whose name is Nick, and um, a girl um, that I was best friends with and still best friends to this day. Her name's Cassie, and another guy named um, Johnny. And the four of us started to take the Bible really seriously and start praying together and 
um, encouraging one another. Um, and that was huge in my life because I was seeing especially guys taking the Bible really seriously. Girls can be really good at being kind of emotional and saying, I love you, God, and it's so good, and like be vulnerable. But when I saw um, guys doing it, and they were really cool guys, um, I thought, shivers, I think I'm missing out on a, another part of God that I didn't know. And so I think from about 19, I probably took God a lot more seriously then and uh, went from there. But, you know, I'm sure if you ask me when I'm 39, it'll look a lot different. Uh, it just, it keeps evolving and changing, which I think is a wonderful thing about um, having a faith in God because it's not, it's not the same. It's like, I always think of it as like um, a library aisle of books and you walk down it and it just doesn't end. Like it just keeps going. And that every time I think I've sorted God out, I discover I haven't. And there's more to it. And there's more to our relationship. And you are now married, as you I said. Am. And I am. I am married. Two kids. Two kids, indeed. And did you end up working in the field of drama or doing no, something different? No, no, no. Finished that degree and never wanted to do drama again. Because? Ah, because... I think for me, drama was an outlet, like it was a huge outlet for me. And I really liked the art of storytelling. So it wasn't necessarily, yeah, I probably like the attention too, let's be honest. But um, I just liked being a part of something that was communicating a story. And when you are assessed on the craft that you love, you quickly lose that love and it becomes competitive. And um, I don't know what it is about me, but when I feel like it's that sort of becoming this thing and it's becoming too competitive, I either step away or step back. And uh, I decided to step away from it. Also, I thought how I wasn't sure how I could be a Christian and not sin on stage. Like, mm. how, how can you be a Christian and not... And, like, is it a sin to sin on stage kind of thing? And I wasn't, I wasn't really sure. Like, I know lots of Christian actors and actresses and I've interviewed them and, you know, I, I think what they do is, is wonderful and their reasons behind it are, are fantastic. For me, because of my personality as well, I'm an all-in or all-out kind of person, which is both wonderful and a detriment. So... Whenever I would finish a play, I would be wrecked, uh, quite wrecked emotionally, um, sometimes physically, depending on what kind of play it was. And it would take a while to shake that uh, off. And I didn't know if long term that would be good for my mental health. And so I thought probably the easiest way is to step away from that. And so I actually went and started working for non-for-profits. My husband and I got married quite young. We were babies. I was 21, he was 20, so, and um, he was still at university studying. So I started working for World Vision, and then after that I started working for Open Doors, which is an organisation that supports Christians around Australia who are persecuted. Not Australia. Around the world. Around the world. Good gracious. Who are persecuted. And so I, and I did that, and I did a lot of public speaking events, and 
was able to articulate their stories, especially these Christians who were going through such turmoil and heartache and able to communicate in a way that was perhaps dramatic but also in a way that was real and authentic. I was always inspired by a William Wilberforce who said, let it not be said that I was silent when they needed me. Um, and I was really um, impacted by that. And so that's something that I did for several years until I had my first baby. Right. And mm -hmm. then your husband decided to go down a ministry pathway? Yeah. Well, you guys together, yep. I'm sure. No, yep. We did not sign up for that. It's right. actually... Okay. <laughs> I know, it's Surprise. too late now. Uh, well, it's interesting. When I was um, 15, I think I did a YWAM um, summer of service with them. And there were a lot of younger people um, who did mission, but relied on sponsorship from people. And I remember thinking when I was 15, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to do this ministry kind of relying on like other people. Because people's. you're a planner. I'm a planner. You want to be able to plan. I'm also hashtag control issues. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, and so when my husband and I were together, he, he is a musician, still is a musician, um, but he was only doing one day a week at our church as a student music minister. So he was helping out on Sundays and so on. Well, that has evolved and changed, and now he's there as a magnification pastor, which makes it sound like a magician, but it's not. Um, Magnifying God, I'm guessing. Yes, okay. well done, well done. But um, it just means that he oversees the way the services are done, and so that there's careful consideration and planning throughout that. And because our church is bilingual, so um, we have Chinese translation during the services, he also has to work hand in hand with those ministers as well and making sure that cross-culturally we are trying to communicate the same message. So in all of that, um, I have come along with him on the journey of that. So that wasn't what I necessarily signed up for. And it isn't until really um, maybe end of last year, maybe beginning of this year that I've actually had peace about it only because I don't think that I'm your typical pastor's wife. Yeah, but nobody thinks they're the yeah, typical pastor's wife. No, but wife. like, I, um, I, uh, have you seen the movie Inside Out? Yes. Yeah, okay. So what emotion drives you? If you can reveal that about yourself. Oh, probably joy. Okay, see, this is where you and I are different. Anger is my right. first driver. Yep. And it's something that I have to work on daily. Whilst anger can be a good thing and it can help stand up for justice, social justice and all of that, it also can turn into the beast and the Hulk. And so um, dealing with people <laughs> and also having Dutch blood, it's really not a great recipe. Um, and so I've had to learn, whilst my husband has also had to learn how to work beside people and how to nurture and care for them when we're all jerks <laughs> and we are all horrible at times yep. and um and i just always used to look at other people which is you should ne never do this <laughs> but i would just compare. be like compare yeah. and just be like it's just a trap oh that person seems like they'll never get an ulcer like they are cool calm and collected they don't like get annoyed at their husband or fire up like I can and have done in the past. Um, and so 
I was just unsure why God had put me in this role because I felt like I was always in trouble. <laughs> and look at the other pastors' wives and they, they had no controversy around them. But you know you were just comparing yourself uh -huh. to their best. You only sort of saw their best, right? Yeah, that's true. And also we can become so tunnel visioned and think one thing that uh, aspect of our life is what everyone sees and it's not. Mm. And, and it's only because we're all very self-absorbed. And so it's like when people say to me, oh, I'm sorry my kid was screaming or I'm sorry my house is whatever. I don't see it because it's not my house nor my kid because I'm so self-absorbed in my own stuff. <laughs> or you don't care. Or I don't care, one or the other. I literally, I think that is something that we can easily fall into that trap. So, mm. so what have you done to help yourself? Therapy. <laughs> really? But what yes. type of therapy can I ask? <laughs> yeah, no, I went and saw a psycho. I sorry, I am seeing a psychologist. I near had a near breakdown last year, mm -hmm. and um, it was really hard. It was a really hard year for me for various reasons. But it came to a point where I could not get out of bed. Now, like I said before, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. You put that into ministry. You take people's hearing people's problems we hear a lot more than probably the average person um, we're also exposed a lot more we're let in which is both a privilege and a curse to people's sins and struggles um, so it can all become very disillusioned and if i don't look after myself and practice hashtag self-care um i um i will burn out and so it came to a point where i couldn't get out of bed and so my husband brought me to the doctors and I got a mental health care plan and I have been seeing this lady who is a godsend, a Christian lady, but just taught me about the importance of having boundaries. Turns out I didn't have many. Uh, like I said, all or nothing. And, um, and I wasn't practicing self-care. I think sometimes it's hard as Christians to do that because it seems selfish. So as Christians, we're supposed to be serving one another and caring for one another and looking like to other people. But what we miss out is that Jesus needed respite. He had to take himself away plenty of times. He took himself away to pray and then everyone else bugged him whilst, whilst he was just trying to have some headspace, mental headspace. And I wasn't allowing myself that, uh, which was to my detriment. Well, and ultimately, the, the one that convinces me at the end is that then you don't end up serving anybody if you're in a Yeah, mess. It's, like, it's like this, I've heard this one time and I love it and I keep reminding other people, whoever will listen. It's like when you're on an aeroplane and they're going through the emergency and they say to the parents, put your oxygen mask on first, then you can put the oxygen mask on everyone else. I was putting on the oxygen mask on everyone else and then wondering why the heck I can't breathe. Mm. when I got nothing to hold on to. Mm. Um, so there's little little ways that, yeah, I've definitely had to to learn um, through that. And and talking about it, like I'm, I have never been somebody who pretends to have it all together. That's just not who I am. And so I find that the more I talk about the anxiety or um, the dark times, the less power and hold it has over me. <laughs> And so uh, in terms of, yeah, coming to a place where I was accepting where God had put me in for a pastor's wife and saying, God, 
I don't have the capacity, I don't have the mental health headspace. And he's like, well, you're not the savior here. <laughs> Good reminder. You're not the shiz, like yeah. calm your farm, like <laughs> step away and let me do the job. I'm just asking you to be there and be faithful. And I realized that I was trying to step in and be the savior and the answer and the solution to everybody's problems. Um, and I don't need to do that. And so once I realized that, I think it took a huge weight off my shoulders. Uh, not to say that everything's rosy and perfect and I don't have down days and so on, but but yeah, it was just something that I needed to to do for me. And in the end, for everyone else that I come in contact with. So that I'm a bit of a nicer person. I'm about. sure it's also very refreshing though that you're a very real person to all the people that know you, yeah. especially in ministry. Yep, yep. And I think sometimes I demand that off other people too. <laughs> Whether they want it or not, they're just like, I wasn't, well, I wasn't ready to talk about that, but we're talking about it. I just think that it doesn't make sense to try and cover up our struggles and our weaknesses because Christ came to die for us, not because we got it all sorted, because we are broken vessels. So let's stop pretending that we don't need him because that's the whole point of why we're here. We need him every day. Every day I need you. Like, Lord, I need you like I need air without to be sounding like a soppy love song. I do, but I can't get out of bed each day without him. Absolutely. So, yeah. Thanks. So you're a veteran uh, ministry wife now. I know. Uh, what the heck? But you're also a veteran podcaster. Yeah. So I've got loads of questions. But tell me about your podcast. Firstly. Okay. So I have a podcast called Samantha's because my name is Samantha. Uh, no, it's not just the... Well, also I talk about things and I ask people the story of their faith and how they um, became Christians. And then at the end of each podcast, I ask, why the heck do you believe in Jesus? The reason I started that is because a while ago I was leading uh, like a Bible study with two girls who weren't Christian at all, did not love Jesus, which made no sense to me why they wanted to sit and talk about Jesus, but I was like up for it. And one time they asked me a question and I didn't have the answer for it and I was mortified and I came away thinking I am ill-equipped, I can't do this, this is horrible. The next week when I met up with them, they said, I said I had the answer. They said, we're so glad you didn't have the answer last week because you have made it seem, you've had the answer for everything. You've made it seem so unattainable. And it was just such a relief to see that you were still working through stuff. Hello. So I was like, huh, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great to see or to hear, because it's audio, obviously, um, people talking about their, their journey to faith but only having some of the answers not all the answers we don't have the answers and we won't till the day we you know meet Christ in glory but and so this was in the season that my I had my second child she was just I want to say she was one maybe or turning one just about to turn one yeah and I had said to my husband I really like to do a podcast um, I'd love to interview Christians um, and all of what I've just said before and because I told him and a few other people that this is what I wanted to do, well, I have to do it then, don't I? <laughs> and for some reason, I chose October. I don't know why I did that. So without any information or knowledge about how to do a podcast, I think I started in September. 
listen, don't recommend that. <laughs> Do not recommend. There's a lot more that I needed to learn. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of enthusiasm at the early stages of these kind of projects. There are, there are. And my husband was really supportive in the fact that he, for my birthday, organised an iPad for me. And he was like, this is for the future stuff that, you know, I believe God is calling you to do. So I think with his support as well, and he believed in me to be able to do it, I was able to do it. And again, I love the art of storytelling. I love hearing about people's journeys. I'm a very inquisitive person. You are very instantly warm though. Oh, really? Well, you must know that because people do tell you their stories straight away. Yeah. Probably that happens to you quite a bit. Yeah. 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 But I'm and I think genuinely your... inquisitive too. Mm. Like it's not a fake thing. No. Like I literally, like no story is boring for me and I reckon everyone has a story. I think I got that from my parents actually. My dad will talk to anyone, anyone. And we are always interested. And my sisters, we're like that too. And I didn't realise that until later on. And my husband's like, you guys, like interrogate. <laughs> that was just like, your normal. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so um, so I started the podcast in 2013 and I said to myself that I couldn't quit until I did 100 episodes. And how many episodes have you done now? Um, 120-something maybe. I've lost count. After the 100, I lost count. I was very good. I could have told you. Yep. I just did that because I didn't want to quit and I was releasing them every fortnight and I also had little kids and I just wanted to give myself a chance to slowly get there. And um, as I have, I have grown quite a bit and I've also learned to surrender. We were talking about this before about, um, you know, I would ask people and they'd say, yeah, sounds great, but I'm not interested. My faith is private. I would interview people and it, it was like dating and they would like never share the interview and it was like it never happened. Um, trying to get people to share on social media or tell their friends about it. It was just like, no, some people would say, I don't know who you are. You're not well known enough. So we're not, I'm not going. And I just was get, and I would apply for grants and I would apply for different jobs and radio, Christian radio, I try and promote this to Christian radio everywhere. And it was just like, no, no, no. And I just came to a point where I was like, God's hand is on this. So I'm just going to be faithful and just keep going. And it's actually released me now. So if this podcast stays the way it is till the day I die, that's cool with me. I'm actually okay with that. I think I had to keep myself in check why are you doing this podcast? Is it so people look and go, oh my goodness, that's Sam Freestone. She is so amazing. She's so relatable. She's so great. Or is it people go, oh my gosh, I've actually met Jesus and I didn't, I thought I lost him or I thought I'm never going to be good enough for him or whatever. And here's someone who's flawed as all get out and it's just pointing, trying to point you back to Jesus. Like I have to keep pointing myself back. Once I realise that's what I want, if one person comes back to Christ through this, great, fantastic, well done. I want to be careful that it's not about me. And I know that people say, oh, you could promote it and become a brand, and I don't want to do that. I know myself too well, and I, I just want to make sure that no matter what, I'm pointing people back to Christ. Because like Peter and walking across the water, he took his eyes off Jesus, he sunk. I don't want people to take their eyes off Jesus and start to sink. 
Being an extrovert, I'm guessing you would like any interaction you get to have sort of about how people are listening to your podcast. And so do you, do you sort of steer away from that or do you kind of invest in that? <clears throat> yeah, I have to sometimes steer away from it. I also am on social media as well. Facebook tells me every day how many people are not reading it and how I should be improving better and how I'm failing at life. Every day. So that's not good for the soul. That's not good for me. But I hear random things like people who contact me and they're like, I live in South Africa and I listen to your podcast or, you know, my second highest reach is Japan. I don't know why. I don't know why. It makes no sense to me. I, but that's what the stats say, whether or not that's true. Is this iTunes stats? No, or? no, no, no. This is my podcast, um, Blueberry. Um, your podcaster kind of. Stats. Yes. Yeah, it tells me. Okay. I do hear that. But I'm very careful, whilst it's wonderful to be encouraged and whilst it's wonderful to hear that people are listening, what encourages me probably more is hearing people's story of faith and how they keep persevering through the dark days. Because then it reminds me that I'm not an idiot and that this is definitely something to follow. And sometimes I use the podcast as my way to nut out my issues that I have on a certain theological topic. Not that we talk a lot about theology at all, but I find that encouraging that I'm at 120 something, and that's 120 saints who are willing to talk about their life and unashamedly saying that they follow Jesus and giving reasons why the heck they follow him. That doesn't bring you encouragement. I don't know what doesn't I I look at the body of work and I thank God that You know that many people have already Shared that story and that that encourages me that excites me. We're actually running out of time. That's okay Sam. Let's go for another 10 minutes. Okay um, This happens. This is the story of my life man running it. No, well, I don't want you to be late. Yeah, no, that's all right um, How long does it take us to get there? Oh, 20 minutes? Yeah, that's, that's fine. We'll, okay. we'll dash out. All right, no, 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 no I'm good. I was, that was my kind of intro into my next, uh, my last question. But no, okay. I'll ask something else then. What's been one of your favourite podcast interviews that you've done? Oh, I have to say, Russ Matthews, I did an interview with him. My goodness. I enjoyed it. Not only did I enjoy it because of Howie's story of faith and everything, he played. He got my humour there was joking, it was joy in it, there was excitement, and it was a guy who wasn't intimidated by me. Now, that's only just recent. I've done a hundred and something, so that one sticks out in my mind. Sorry to everyone that I've interviewed, <laughs> they're all like, hey, I thought we had a connection. <laughs> I've broken some hearts here, but um, no, I, I just enjoyed it because he was honest, but the play, I love play, I love it when people can banter, I love it. I, I, that just excited me and he was also excited by the podcast and my goodness I've never had anyone promoted as much as he has it, it, he has just he has championed and encouraged me so Sam what keeps you going as a Christian at the moment this is a little bit like your last question why the heck do you believe what in Christ but mine is what is, I mean, and it could be something small or it could be a spiritual practice or it could be a book you've read or it could be something that it's just random. You know, I think it's surrounding yourself with good Christian people. 
and not just people who have the answers but people who are willing to do life with you. There have been times where I've been really close to wanting to give it up and just be like I'm done this is this is no good but then I have someone give me an encouraging word or someone who has give me a hard word that I needed to hear and have been brave enough to do so and that's what spurred me on and that's what's encouraged me you know the Bible says that tons and tons of time about this race that we're on and encouraging one another and supporting one another like there's a reason why community is mentioned several times in the Bible because it is so important I wouldn't make a very good island Christian like I'm not somebody who can just be by themselves granted I'm an extrovert I understand that but I think it's important to be surrounded by other people so that's what keeps me going but another one I think is remaining teachable because if I think that I have all the answers and refuse to budge I can't grow and I need to be able to surrender to what God might be teaching me in the circumstance I don't want to become blinded by my own sin and not realize there are areas in my life that I need to work on I need to grow in and I think that's what spurs me on because it's constantly changing and what I thought about God yesterday is different to what I thought about him today um, only because I'm trying to remain open to wherever he is guiding me and I think that's important too that's how you keep the spice in the relationship almost <laughs> even though it doesn't change no what we're seeing of him is that what you mean yeah, yeah. like I think if you were to think about my relationship with God, if you would compare it to a relationship with, say, another human being, he should have broken up with me a while ago. Sometimes I say, yeah, I'm with him, but I don't talk about him, or I don't know anything about him, or I claim to be aligned with him, but I pick up another thing, and that's my idol, and that's what guides me, and yet he faithfully stays with me, and I have to, in turn keep asking him to teach me and keep asking him to guide me. Sam, thank you so much. Thank you for answering my questions and for being my guest. What's it been, what's it been like being on the other side of the podcast? Oh, it's okay. Table? It's okay. Um, I've tried not to filter myself too much. So, You've done um, well. Uh, yeah, it's such, such a trap. It can be such a trap where, and I have to keep reminding myself, like I can say, be real, and then also at the same time filtering myself, and I just want to be sure that I'm not doing that so look I really appreciate you um, interviewing me and, and not being competitive you may have thought in your head who is this person but you just took me in and I really do appreciate oh, that so because we need to support one another I think awesome um, thank you Sam thank you we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Lydia project we would love you to share this episode with others whether that be by word of mouth social media or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Special thanks goes to our platform host, the Gospel Coalition Australia. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary. Yeah. And then they're doing this yeah. during the, the podcast um, and I'm like... Um, it's the... Uh, uh, that I cut out, um, oh. and I start every question with so.
actually, I just need to get my little crystal things. I'm just recording something. Yeah, no worries. Cute. I'm going to take a photo. Yeah, do. This is my my ge- gear. <laughs> Righty. All right. And I, I don't. Um, you you'll understand this, but I have to warn people. I don't. You know how, like in conversation, we go edit. Mm, mm, you don't mm. respond. No, it's so funny. But I so don't because it's really annoying because then I go through and edit it out. So I found when I was talking with you, I was deliberately when I was listening to you. Yeah, I you was were going, going. You were really quiet, and yeah. I was like, "Woman, what no, is wrong?" No, but that's because podcast. I was in podcast mode, so that's why yeah. I wasn't. Mm, mm, mm. No, that's fine. And I'm always like, uh, mm, "Yeah, yep." Um, what was I going to say? Oh. When I was interviewed for Rachel's podcast, yeah. The Sparrows and Wildflowers, she doesn't do any anecdotal, like, mm. yeah, that reminds me of mm. a And so then I was asking a question of her, and then she'd be like, ah, uh, I don't know. And she's just like looking at me like, I don't want to give this information. She just wants to be like the person that asked the question. Yeah. And I'm like, I understand that. And so then I like stopped asking her the question. Yeah. Like there are different ways. Yeah. I'm um, probably halfway between, mm. but maybe a bit more like Rachel. Hard to know. But um, yeah. yeah, but people have listened back in 2013. So they've grown to know who I am yes. as well. And yeah. so, and my struggles and my frustrations and yeah. my anger issues and all of that jazz. Yeah. Good on you. Mm. All right. Well, should we get going? Yeah, we should. Okay. Can I just take a quick sip of my coffee? <laughs> Take a big sip, thump the table, blow your nose, cough, go. Oh, I'm nearly finished. Can I just finish it? Sure. Thanks. I just, it's so good. It's legit good and I'm not being sarcastic. (laughs) And when you were like, you can make coffee. And I was like, I don't know, where's the pod? (laughs) I mean, I can make coffee, but whether or not the coffee machine's going to be in the same. (laughs) I don't think I can get that on. One more mouthful. <laughs> Get all my wriggles out. All right. I mean, we need to leave at two o'clock. Well, two ish. Yeah, because I got to be too there much later. No one should get stressed about that. So. Oh, I'm not stressed about okay. it. Okay. All right. Lovely.